Hello everyone, my name is Dr. Fergal Armstrong and welcome to this episode of Cracking Addiction. And once again, we have with us the good Dr. Laura Petrocek. Hello, Laura, how are you? I'm good, Fergal. How about yourself? I'm very well. So I thought today we'd uh, continue our journey in the non-crisis emotional regulation management skills and really focusing today on mindfulness. So what is mindfulness? Well, mindfulness is paying attention to the moment. Mindfulness is being in the here and now. And there are many mindfulness exercises to get to that point, to stay in the moment mm -hmm. and live in this moment instead of regretting yesterday or worrying about tomorrow. Why, why does it work? Why does it work? Well, some of the uh, research says that mindfulness works because by learning to train our minds to be in the current moment and not regretting yesterday or having anxiety or worry about tomorrow, those physiological responses are lessened. So our mm. heart rate is lower. Our breathing is more, we're breathing from our belly, whereas when we're anxious, we're having, we're, breath, we're shallow breathing. Um, it's also calming. Our mind is not racing as much when we're in the present moment. Like, oh, God, I didn't do that, or oh, I should have done that, or oh, what about tomorrow, or, you know, mm -hmm. so it's a way, uh, so that's why it, quote, works in terms of lowering physiological responses, thereby a lot of times lowering reactive responses, and being mm -hmm. able to face situations and ourselves in a calmer matter, manner. So in the context of helping people with the management of emotional dysregulation, it's one of those skills which has to be worked on over time, but it allows you to focus on one particular thing and exclude all of the worry that might be surrounding you. Am I hearing that right? Yes. And in fact, you know, so one of the skills or tools is pay attention, like pay attention mm. to this moment right now, you mm. know, what's happening, um, slow down, use yeah. all your senses to take in the moment or yeah. live in the moment. Uh, try to intentionally accept and discern your attention to everything you do. Find yeah, I suppose... measures like doing dishes, for example. Mm, I love doing dishes. Yes. <laughs> Not. Not, it's funny. My partner, she loved, just a few days ago, she's like, I really like doing dishes. And I noticed that. She's like happy doing them. I do not like really? it. But it's funny. She <laughs> likes it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, uh, uh, yeah. For me, the uh, how I conceptualize mind, mindfulness, uh, there are lots of ways of thinking about it. But one of the ways that I think about it is that it basically, you are, you are using one of your attention functions, vigilance, 
and you are trying to focus your vigilance on one thing and you the brain cannot think of any of more than one thing only only five percent of human beings can truly multitask whereas the lesser mortals of this earth the other 95 percent can only think of one thing at one time and if you are vigilant on one particular topic or idea or activity then that excludes you from thinking about absolutely everything else and so the ability to use your focus like a light and focus on one particular thing is a skill that requires a neurological substrate, a brain, a part of the brain that's just like a muscle. And so we know that when people practice this skill, when people practice mindfulness, parts of the brain actually get bigger, and the connections between the brain get gets bigger. So it's it's not any it's not wishy washy. It, it's it's hard neuroscience that underpins the theory about mindfulness. Um. The other thing I want to talk to you about regarding mindfulness is that the word meditation has been used with mindfulness frequently. Do you think that mindfulness is a form of meditation? Well, I do think it is. I mean, uh, they're actually usually separated into two separate categories, mindfulness and meditation. So they're not necessarily one and the same, but I, I think there's some overlap. Mm -hmm. um, like in terms of uh, focusing on your breathing, that's more mm -hmm. in the mindfulness category. But then um, in the meditation category, uh, like body scan meditation um, or sitting meditation, that also includes breathing. So that's why I think there is some overlap, but there's definitely separateness as well. Like attending mm. to one thing in the moment, uh, to me, that's more mindfulness. You know, yeah. you're, you're just right here, right now, and this is what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I the, When I think about meditation, I, um, I think that there's the kind of empty your mind kind of meditation where you're trying to f focus on one thing to the exclusion of all else to empty the mind. And that's more kind of the traditional Eastern meditation techniques. Right. Whereas mindfulness, I think, is part of that tradition or the, the discipline of discursive meditation where you are focusing on one thing, not really to exclude everything else, even though there, that is the, the effect. Right. But you're focusing on a, on a particular activity or a particular train of thought and that's very much consistent with the types of meditation that, were, that are done in Western uh, Celtic uh, traditions, where, whereby you take an idea and you focus on the idea, and then you expand, expand it to the next idea in the same chain, and then you keep going. And if your mind wanders away from that idea or that chain of ideas, then you push your mind back to that. So again, it's it's... It's determining that you need to focus on that particular one thing. So it's, I think it's slightly different. People, the word meditation is used in many, many situations. And I think it's important to understand what kind of meditation it is, because there are different types. So for instance, you know, following that train of thought is, the, is the, in the same camp as being mindful about what you're doing. So you know, instead of doing the dishes and thinking about what am I going to cook for dinner tonight, it's I'm doing the dishes and I'm thinking, okay, so I'm getting putting the plate in the water and I'm scrubbing the plate and I'm 
putting it into the rack and then I'm going to dry it. So again, that's focusing on that train of thought. So it's focusing on some positive content rather than trying to empty the mind. But I suppose, you know, they both, both techniques uh, do require this, this, this mental effort and does, does produce changes in the brain that, that, that can be seen either functionally or on, on structural scans. Yeah. I really like your explanation of um, the differences between mindfulness and meditation that mindfulness is focusing on one thing but not necessarily to the exclusion of all else whereas meditation is focusing on one thing to the exclusion of all else i think that's a, a good um you know separation or definition of the two and i agree with you i think that mindfulness is about i, I think I don't think I've explained it right if that's how you think so for, for me it's all about how mindfulness is focusing on well, I mean, you know, let's use the terminology, the, the present. Yeah. So it's focusing on something. It's trying to it's trying to celebrate the existence of something, whereas Eastern meditation is trying to empty the mind. So it's having it's trying to keep the mind blank versus trying to keep the mind full of one thing. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? That's yeah. that's how I that's how I conceptualize it. Mm-hmm. Well, I find so most clients, and myself included, find it really hard to have an empty mind. Yeah, you know, because there's we we're always thinking. I mean, when we're awake, yeah. human beings are constantly thinking. So instead of trying to reach that lofty goal, I suggest to clients, and this is what helped me, just choose one word, you know, to come back to when you're focusing on your meditating and breathing. So it is very difficult for people to not think about anything because physiologically our brains are meant to think and that's what they do 24 mm -hmm. except when we're asleep uh, so instead i suggest to them to focus on one word and then to come back to that word when they find their mind going off thinking about something else exactly it's the focusing on one positive thing rather than trying to keep empty Yes. So uh, mindfulness is not just being in the present. It's also there, there are also ideas of non-judgmental uh, interest. Um, talk, let's talk about that. Yes. So mindfulness is also being aware, mm. uh, or gaining awareness. So when we find we're being judgmental, like just to stop and say that to yourself, judgmental. You know, when you gain yeah. awareness, because if we're judging someone else, you know, more than likely we're also judging ourselves, which we do, but we're even mm. in that trap more so if we're not gaining awareness. Yes. So the more we're aware of we're judging someone else and stopping it, the less likely we're going to be. Uh, judging ourselves and being so harsh on ourselves. Someone once said, and I wish I could recall the author's name, but judgment without mercy, either of ourselves or others, is the root cause of all unnecessary suffering. Mm. I think that's... So is that part of mindfulness as well? Non-judgmentalism? Yes, most definitely. Mm. And it's also, mm. like you said, it's that 
going back to my phrase or the phrase pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. It, it speaks to that. Exactly. When mm. if we're not judging, we're not suffering needlessly. Yeah. Yeah. So who invented mindfulness? Well, so Dr. Linehan borrowed from a lot of traditions for mindfulness. You know, she uses, um, I mean, a lot of Eastern traditions like you were talking about, um, John Zabat-Zinn, uh, Tara Brock, uh, are the more modern ones, but also Eastern tradition. She even uses Catholic mysticism. So the mindfulness part of DBT isn't her baby, isn't her invention. She borrowed heavily from all the other existing mindfulness traditions. I suppose this goes back to my previous point that I made in another episode that the, the ecosystem of psychological medicine is a very harsh one. And it really is survival of the fittest. And these techniques do not survive unless they work. So the fact that uh, mindfulness has been borrowed and, and sub assumed into DBT means that there is some, on a very basic level, that's proof in and of itself that it is actually a valid therapy that is able to help people with various emotional and mental health problems. Yes, you're exactly right. The fact that it's borrowed yeah. and also been uh, studied and researched, done a lot of research. Um, like John Zabat-Zinn, uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction, eight-week courses have been heavily studied and the mindfulness um, really helps with people in terms of the level of their pain, level of their acceptance, mm -hmm. um, of their uh, reality, uh, accepting reality in their life, whatever the situation. Um, yeah, okay. So it, mindfulness and, it, sorry, mindfulness is one of those tools that allows us to emotionally regulate over the long term, but it's not, it's acts as the foundation upon which we can build our crisis intervention tools. Although it in and of itself is not a crisis intervention tool. That's what you're saying. Right. In and of itself, mindfulness isn't a crisis intervention tool. However, that's a good point about it's built over time because uh, there, sometimes there's confusion with my own clients in the sense of they do like these power meditations on the weekend, but they don't meditate during the week. You know, they'll do like an hour on Saturday and Sunday. And mindfulness is built on a daily basis, meaning the research has shown that if you meditate 15 minutes a day, you're going to get more benefit from that than meditating an hour on Saturday, an hour on Sunday, and nothing during the week. So I really try to impress this upon my clients that um, practicing mindfulness every day, even only for 10 minutes, you're going to hmm. be building a stronger foundation than if you have this weekend warrior type of meditation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no role for the weekend warrior in, in meditation. No, 
it's it's got to be an everyday thing, which is really really hard to do. I don't know if you do it every day. I I certainly don't live up to my own yeah. standards. Yeah, I mean, I've had periods in my life where I did do it every day, and now it's hit and miss. But I, I I know it sets the tone for a better day when I do. That much I know for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, look. Sadly, we've come to an end once again. I, I want to thank you for your expertise, Laura. Well, thank you for inviting me, Fergal. It's always wonderful to be here. So that's all for today, folks. My name is Dr. Fergal Armstrong, and this has been Cracking Addiction.